0: <clears> hmm. <throat> to another episode of the Rockfit Files this episode I get to sit down with Chris McSwain he is one of the founders of Splash Lab and this is an organization that is all about club sports basketball and the like and he's set it up so that a whole bunch of young athletes have a promising future whether that's scholarships or just in life itself uh, he's also a teacher at Valley Christian out of Los Gatos, San Jose area here in California. And I think you're going to enjoy our conversation.
1: And then in terms of your career, what's what's your full-time position or career right now?
2: Yeah, so I, I do uh, three different things, really. So I teach, uh, I teach at Valley Christian High School, exercise science and health. Um, so I teach two classes a day there because I also own my uh, club basketball business and football, and we have baseball. So these are travel teams that kind of go year round. And then we have a gym called Splash Lab that we own as well. kind of all under the top flight sports umbrella which would be the holding company and then you have these other offshoots like our top flight elite basketball top flight elite football baseball and then splash lab which is just which is the training facility um, in downtown San Jose that we have so kind of multitude of things but they kind of all revolve around sports and um, that's kind of what ignited me when I was young and that's the reason why I got good grades in school and things like that and um, I decided to continue uh, with that journey once I knew what I wanted to do.
1: Man, I got so many questions now. So first
2: <laughs> of all, Splash
1: Lab, that, that sounds like it's gonna be a swim center, but where did that name come from, Splash Lab?
2: Well, it generates from uh, the Warriors probably with the Splash Brothers. So uh, kids nowadays, all they wanna do is be able to shoot the basketball like you know Steph Curry or Clay Thompson, and really all the great players have the ability to shoot. And so when we were thinking about different names to come up with, we said, hey, well, you know, we're going to be focused on skill development, uh, particularly on the offensive side. And so what about Splash Lab? So we have a bunch of shooting machines in there. The kids can come in there and uh, all their shot, shots are tracked and they get, uh, you know, they get a, a percentage at the end of the, the workout. And then we also have coaches that'll do the full skill development where they're working on multiple things um, in a small group setting. So it's a pretty cool concept.
1: It is really cool. Now, is that primarily for preseason, off season, or do you have your athletes coming in through the on season and in the in season as well?
2: Yeah, it's year round. Um, the high school kids they pr- they probably can't get there in, in pr- unless it's like a Sunday, where they only get one day a week. Uh, but uh, for the youth basketball scene, it's pretty much year round now, and you know they take small incremental breaks. Like our club basketball program is not going right now; they're on a break. You know, basically from the beginning the second week in November all the way until January, and then we'll pick back up and they'll they'll start their spring season. So, but they're still training, you know, so they're, they're going to be constantly in there throughout the, uh, throughout the holiday season.
1: Well, I like it that you're not single sport. In fact, I have a sense that you're probably, you don't encourage that too much seeing that you're catering to several sports at once. Is that the case?
2: No, that's definitely the case. Um, early on in my career, uh, I think this is my 18th year coaching, 18th or 19th year coaching high school basketball now Um, and I used to be like a single-minded coach well why are you going to go play volleyball when you can be playing basketball all season long uh, or all summer and spring long and and you know what I found out is you know most of these kids aren't going to be playing in college or after that so they might as well have fun while they're doing it and so if they're able to play multiple sports like I did you know, I think that's the best, best of both worlds. It decreases the overuse injuries that we're seeing a lot, especially in basketball when kids are playing a hundred games a year from the beginning, uh, in third grade, all the way through high school. And you see so many kids have catastrophic injuries because of this overuse, in my opinion. So when you're using different muscles, I just think it makes you a more rounded athlete, um, and really the best athletes are playing multiple sports. And then once you get to maybe after your freshman year, if you think you can have an opportunity playing play in college, then by all means, you probably need to kind of focus on that a little bit more. But even so, I think, uh, you play it until you can't and, uh, ride it till the wheels fall off.
1: Now you had a college career in football. What, what school was that?
2: I went to Eastern Oregon university, um, I played receiver there and uh, had a good career and you know but basketball was kind of always my first love so in the summers I would coach the basketball camps for the city of Campbell so I did that for five summers until I got a real job uh, at post-college and um, you know I used to coach at my old high school as well starting when I was in college so I'd come back during the during the winter session and you know we'd have the the month or month and a half off and uh, I'd come out and and help out and so that was kind of what ignited me to coaching and and then I got my first head coaching job when I graduated college and uh, been been sticking with it pretty much since 04 now so.
1: Yeah, and Valley Christian, it's a good school for the sports programs. I hear it mentioned on this side of the hill pretty often. You guys have a pretty solid program, don't you?
2: For sure. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm super blessed to be there. This is my ninth year, and I've really enjoyed my time there. Um, they call it the Quest for Excellence up on the hill. It's a, it's a beautiful campus with um, you know, 360 views of the entire uh, San Jose area and uh, I just pinch myself every day that I have opportunity to work up there, and they have abundance of resources, and uh, the facilities are phenomenal, the kids are phenomenal, and you know, just, just because you have resources doesn't mean that you're going to be good, but the the coaches and the administration, they want that quest for excellence, and that was one of the one of the things that allured me to go into that program.
1: Oh, so how do you pursue that quest for excellence? What are some of the the key factors that you put into this recipe for success?
2: Yeah, so it's basically A to the third. So it's academics, obviously, and then you have the arts and then athletics. And so kids get to decide which kind of direction they want to go. And so it's almost like you're choosing a major when you come to Valley Christian. So there's going to be those three different paths you're going to be able to take um, or, or applied mathematics and sciences too. So that's kind of all of those things combined. And, um, you know, the, the superintendent who started the school, Dr. Clifford Doherty, he had this vision of just being excellent in all fields. And uh, it's very rare that you have a have a school that can be great in all things but that was kind of the mission that they decided to go with and it's been really successful um you know our arts program is one of the best same thing with our applied mathematics and sciences our robotics team our dance team our athletics as you mentioned are are really second to none and um yeah it's just it's just a really great environment but uh it comes from the top down and then they're getting like my um, like myself or other coaches or other faculty members to kind of, to, to kind of, you know, mimic the, um, uh, initiation of the, of the school. Yeah. So
1: in regards to like coaching, uh, philosophies and approaches, like how does that carry over into your own coaching? Like that, that pursuit of excellence, what are some elements that you try to embody for your athletes?
2: Yeah, uh, that's a great question. And one of the things that I that I love to, to talk about, there's an acronym, we're actually going to have a parent meeting tomorrow. So it's getting me ready for it. But uh, it's called care. And so the C in care is consistent, consistency, you got to be consistent, no matter what field you're going to be in. I mean, you started your gym in the 90s is still going now. And that's one of the, 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 the parts to High performers, or you know, individuals that are really well off in their field, because they're consistent day in and day out. And I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with the people that do it for a long period of time. And I can't wait to have you on my podcast to, to understand how you've had so much great longevity. Um, The other thing is the A is going to be the attitude. What is your attitude and your approach every single day when you step in, Uh, whether that be the court, whether that be the classroom, whether that be, um, you know, your family. You know, you got to have a great approach and an attitude that goes with it because you can have all the talent in the world and your attitude is is crappy, then, you know, you're not going to be a great person to be around. And we know a lot of great individuals that have great talents, but their gifts and abilities don't allow them to flourish because their attitude is poor. Um, So the other, the R is going to be respect and uh, respecting the process, respecting everybody around you. Um, It's just uh, a... It's just a word that encompasses so much. And then the last thing is going to be your energy and your effort. Can you provide energy and effort even when you don't have it? Like this morning, I did not want to wake up. I got poor sleep. We had practice at 630 in the morning. And I had to make sure that I was there for those kids because that was that was what I preach every single day. So if I'm preaching, I got to bring energy and effort. When I step in the door, I'm making sure that I'm there to serve. So care is really one of the, one of the pillars of our program. And we, we teach that every day, not just what we say, but more importantly, our actions.
1: Now, do you take on more than one sport in regards to coaching through the school year?
2: Uh, I just particularly coach back. That season is, is basically from September to March. Um, the, the real practices start in November um, and then games start actually next week. So I'm excited to, to get uh, playing real games instead of these scrimmages and just practices. So I coach just basketball and then our club, our club stuff. Um, I'll oversee it all, but I, I'm only a, I'm only one person. I can't coach multiple sports right now.
1: Oh, so no football. That's interesting.
2: No, I love football, but uh, it's just, it's time consuming and, and basketball. You can, we get to play a lot more games. So football, you train basically nine months to play 10 games that are guaranteed. Um, and for, for me, basketball was always so fun because we can always play a game. We can jump in a tournament on the weekend as we can play and, um, and I can coach and, and you're getting so many more reps to game reps. Cause you can't really replicate game reps in football Uh, in the summer with no pads but you can only get game reps as a coach or a player really if you're playing in games and so with uh, the club program you know I'm coaching 50 games throughout the spring and summer and and I bring my family along to a lot of the tournaments whether they be out of town or stuff like that Um, and we just kind of make it uh, make it a family oriented thing where everybody and our family, my two kids and my wife, will go whether it be Vegas or Los Angeles, or you know, we'll go to stop at Disneyland, that sort of thing. So it's cool.
1: That's really cool. So with the with the different jobs you've had, you mentioned something you had to go get a real job. What what was yeah. that?
2: Yeah, uh, my first real job was. Uh, well, I had two first real jobs. My undergrad is in psychology, so I thought I wanted to be a sports psychologist, so I was trying to get in any any occupation in that field, and so the first job that came up for me was a behavior specialist, and I would would be working with uh, special needs children, specifically children with autism. So basically, I was a one-on-one teacher for kids that had autism, and I quickly found out after four months this is, is really not my calling. Um, I think God had something else in store for me because I just didn't have the patience and I really wanted to help these people, but, you know, it was, it was really frustrating and probably frustrating for the kids too, because, you know, I, I come from this world of, you you have discipline, and you do all these things. But um, with the ABA applied behavioral analysis, you can't react to certain things. And that was really difficult for me to do. Um, And so I was just, uh, you know, I prayed about it. And I made sure that um, you know, I talked to my family, and, and they said May, maybe this isn't for you. And so, I, my buddy was working at uh, a, a place called Felice Insurance. It is a uh, privately held brokerage firm here in the Bay Area, but they have several other locations. Um, but uh, the headquarters was here, and uh, I met this guy named Ron Felice. Um, I'm not sure if you know him or not, but he lives in Los Gatos, um, Monte Sereno, and he just had this dynamic personality and I just, uh, I gravitated towards that just like a lot of people. He's, he just really brings people in and he cares about people so much. And so he told me about this, this sales job where I would start out in the marketing department and I would be, you know, telemarketing or email marketing, trying to find clients. And, um, you know, I started to learn the business of insurance, go get your insurance license and, and, and do that sort of thing. And, then I started to learn. i started to set some appointments and I would go out with some of the senior brokers and they really took me under their wing. They were almost like coaches as well. And they, they you know, they see the young, the young player coming up, Hey, let's, let's, let's teach a young buck how to do this. And so um, I spent nine years there and I, I've I've never had a better time under Uh, the direction of Ron Felice and the great people that he had working with him. It was a family environment. All his best friends from high school or college were working there. And there were all the senior brokers. And then, you know, friends of friends got introduced to the company. And it was, it was, he sold it, by the way, a few years back um, for a a very good sum of money. Um, But he, uh, he made it family all the way and he took care of everybody along that way. Like he was able to help me get my first home and uh, I, I'm, I'm, comp- I'm, I'm forever grateful for that opportunity with Ron Felice. He just showed you how to do things. Like I thought it was the coolest thing that you can get Gatorade and coffee and water for free and he just had it out. It was food every Friday. They took, ca- they took, they took care of us um, to the extent that I had never been taken care of that, that, that much by an employer. And uh, it was just an awesome experience.
1: yeah, I'm sure you've got a lot of elements to carry over into what you're doing now and And it's curious because I think of the different jobs I had growing up and through the college years and then be- before kind of settling into a career and a business. But I look back at all of those different occupations, and although they seem to be unrelated, there's always some elements that I can attribute back to those job experiences that are elements of, of being successful as a trainer, a coach, a dad, a, a husband, and so on. Do, are there some other uh, kind of jobs that you had, like through college or high school, you can look back and go, oh yeah, that really helped me prepare to be a better teacher, a better father, a, a better coach.
2: Yeah, you hit it right on the head. There's just so many, so many different things that you can take from any, any opportunity that you get. Um, I'll just rattle off a couple, and I'll do it quickly, but my first, my mom got it for me, because she had just bought me a car, uh, a 1982 BMW, the same year that I was born, and I'm 16 years old, and and I I get this, you know, uh, this, this car that's 16 years old as well, Um, and I, and you couldn't even get in on the, uh, you couldn't even get, I couldn't even, I, I, you couldn't open the passenger side door, Like I had to go through and open it for somebody if they wanted to come in. But uh, she got me this job at the Winchester Mystery House, which Ah. when I look back on it, that was one of the pivotal moments in my life because I had to give tours. And I wasn't I wasn't very um, I wasn't very outspoken when I was when I was young. I was very kind of reserved and shy, uh, not loud at all. And I'm still that way in a lot of ways, but when I get into a situation where I have to speak similar to this, it it comes very naturally to me, but it didn't then. So I had to remember this script from the Winchester Mystery House. It's an hour and 15 to an hour, 30 minute tour. And so you can, the book is literally this big that you have to to remember, but I still remember it today. I can rattle off. Welcome to the Winchester Mystery House. My name is Chris. I'll be your tour guide through Mrs. Winchester's wonderful, but bizarre, 142 room Victorian mansion the winchester mystery house is on the national registry of historic landmarks california landmark number 868 blah 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 so i can, <laughs> I, can I can literally you know recall that and i'm giving tours to infants all, toddlers adolescents adults and you know uh elderly all at once and and i've got i've got to command this group on an hour and a half tour and that really changed the trajectory of 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 my personality and if i didn't have that i wouldn't be able to speak the way i do i had to be able to uh, identify with a, a large group of people and i had to do it really quickly and i had to i had to get some accountability so that knowledge that you had and that was one thing that i really taught that taught me understanding what you know and how to present it in a way that other people can understand so that was the first job um and then the second one was I was like right before right before uh college I worked at the San Jose uh water company and we would oftentimes come up in your area and we would be um you know lopping all of the uh Uh, all of the debris and trees away from, you know, uh, the uh, the water supply and things like that, but they would have me digging like six foot to eight foot trenches and we're getting sprayed with water because we have to dig around deep enough to get like if there's a leak, a big leak, you got to go in underground And you're just getting sprayed with water, water, water until they can kind of basically put the vice around it where now they can at least stop the water from going. So I just remember that. And I was like, I never want to do this again. I have so much respect for the people that that do that job as well as construction jobs, because that just wasn't me. I wasn't going to I wasn't going to do that. And it was really good money because it had to be for, for you to be in that. But those guys, they wanted you to work because they're doing that year round and they get these college kids that come in and they and they try to and and they're trying to show us what to do but it's almost like a break for them they're like all right dig this hole and 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 that's what we did so those two jobs really changed my my mind on what i wanted to do and then yeah it just kind of painted a picture for me what am i passionate about and i'm going to try to do everything i can to go that direction when i can do it
1: Wow. Well. Yeah, I can I can appreciate manual labor. Definitely, it it breeds determination and a, a strong work ethic. You know and, those those and, type of things that go well with coaching.
2: And let me ask you, what was give me one job that you had that uh, kind of opened your eyes to uh, to different life lessons that you've used ah, still to this day?
1: My cousin had a an asphalt paving company out of North Reading Massachusetts. Ooh. And so in the summertime in between college years I would work for him for 9 dollars an hour which at that time you know you were you were still in grade school but that was right. a heck of a lot of money to yeah. make 9 dollars an hour. It was better than anything else I had been doing. But and I'm I don't grow very tall I grow wider than I do higher. So yeah. any kind of areas that they had to get into underneath stairwells or in between uh, small alleys. That's where I would be sent with the asphalt and the the wheelbarrow and these little wooden dog bone shaped kind of uh, things that you would put underneath your work boots to tamp down around different edges that the tamps or the roller couldn't get to. Right. And we would start at about eight in the morning. We wouldn't finish it until about five in the evening. And it was going. It was, it was some great, exercise. I tell you, talk about manual labor being a great workout. It was. Um, I I got in great shape, but at the same time, it's, you realize, boy, it is a tremendous amount of discipline and you show up and you just, there's, there's no, there's no getting um, hiding in the corner or anything else. You're front and present and, and somebody else is relying on you. You've got a team that's relying on you and there's no slackers here. And you got you to gotta pull up your bootstraps and get to work. So it was, it was fantastic. I really loved it.
2: No, that's, that's a great story. And, you know, that's, that's really what we do it for. You know, we've, we've learned because of these tough experiences, the tough experiences are the ones that really mold you and allow you to uh, persevere when things get difficult, whether that be with our businesses, whether it be with life, um, or relationships. Um, Just lean into the to the hard parts. And usually once you it's only a moment in time, too, that's the thing, you know, we didn't have a great practice this morning and we're trying to teach the kids, hey, this is only a moment in time, because at nine o'clock when practice is over, you're going to be fully recovered and you're going to go about the rest of your day. But if you can fight through this small moment to get to the end of it, you're going to feel so much better and you're going to feel so much more accomplished if you can fight through that fatigue and get through the, to the next thing. So, um, <clears throat> sounds like you learned that at an early age as well. Oh
1: yeah, definitely. Now, uh, with your athletes being that age right now, I mean, you've, you've set up a really uh, great, I won't say it's a foundation, an organization. You are, you've set up, um, how would you say it? I mean, with the basketball, a league in itself, wasn't that it in san jose
2: yeah we uh so it's a club basketball program um, that we have travel teams yeah. so these these teams will basically travel well a lot of the tournaments are local, but in the spring and summer there's a lot more travel um, and they'll play against other travel teams and and uh, it's just a it's just a really great experience for the kids to to get showcased on a on another level and especially when you get into high school they plan these They call them NCAA viewing tournaments where they're playing in front of college kids or excuse me, college coaches, which is uh, five times throughout the year. And you're kind of building up your whole spring and summer for these events to get them ready to get scouted and and get them opportunity to play at the next level if that's what they want to do. Um, And so, you know, we we started this back in 2010. Uh, I say we, because it's really my friend's that I grew up with playing, and and people that I went to college with, um, and I was just the one that just kind of researched how to get, uh, well, an LLC and then a nonprofit and do these things. But it's really, it's it's really the people around you. You know, my, my best friend is our vice president, and he's been with us from day one, and um, you know, that's that's been the, the most important part, and it just it really just I, I followed the template that Ron Felice had you know bring your family and friends involved there's been many times where our parents are running the check-in stations for these camps and these clinics and our moms are are bragging on us uh, oh my son is Chris and my son is Steven and you know they're just it's just an amazing thing that we're able to do because without sports uh, you know I wouldn't have wouldn't have gone to college I, I probably don't know what I would be doing but I was I was ignited by sports at a young age. And, you know, when my mom took it away from me, if I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing, that's what really changed my mind and saying, Hey, other kids are probably like this too. How can we meet them where they're at and help them get to where they want to get to?
1: Oh boy. Kudos to you because I, I've coached a lot of youth sports in in my years and and you realize just how much of a commitment outside of your regular day-to-day existence that really is. Yeah. And, and it's kind of the unsung hero kind of thing that uh, if anybody knew how much time and effort you put into it, aside from your spouse or family members, yeah. then they would just shake their head and go, what are you doing? So I can only imagine the, the magnitude of what you created with the club sport and having to just, just simply coordinate different tournaments and then I'm sure you've hosted some. So the mm-hmm. logistics of that, I how do you do that, and still and still have time to eat, sleep, and uh, and stay stay healthy.
2: Well, I try to diversify and bring bring people along to to basically help me out. You know, it was my birthday last week. I just turned 39, and. Uh, you know, I, I've got a great group of people around without these people and allowing them to do it. I used to want to hold on to everything. I it was a very controlling uh, as far as the business is concerned, but now like we had, we have uh, our Thanksgiving camp going on right now in Los Gatos and um, it's a three-day camp. A lot of the kids are out of school. And all I did was post a zoom meeting last night with the staff members to make sure that these 40 kids had a great experience. And uh, we put a lot of the younger up-and-coming coaches in charge of that, similar to what I would used to be doing when I was coming up and, and trying to get my uh, cut my teeth on this coaching thing. And so I won't show up at all this week. Um, but, you know, my stamp is still on it. I understand what's going on. They'll send me a text or I'll have one of the other um. <clears throat> one of our other top guys go over there and just check and make sure everything's going, going well. But if you've got good people, you trust them, it, it ends up working out. So I've just tried to diversify. And, and I know that like the hard part is when you, when my son is like, daddy, you're always working, you know, I want to make sure that I'm home for those moments. Uh, and I try to bring them along as much as possible too. So they'll come to the games, and uh, they'll come in the locker room, and and do all that stuff. We well, have a team retreat, and my family's right there with me. I want them experiencing that. So not only do does my family get to share a part of this team, but my team gets to see, hey, this guy's spending a lot of time with us and away from his his family. So that's what I've been trying to do. And uh, when I was when I first started. I would just try to do everything. And I just, I found out that you just can't do everything, but you know, Ron, Ron never made any uh, marketing uh, pitches. He let everybody else do it. And when he needed to go out there, he did. If it was a bit like Facebook was one of their clients when Facebook was early, Um, same thing with Pandora. Well, Ron was at those, but you know, a small, a small, you know, 30 person company Ron wouldn't go to he'd send somebody like me and I would, I would be glad to go because you know I get to increase my revenue if, if we make this um, if we make this sale so uh, you know just trying to diversify and and try to optimize as much as possible you know I'll I'll watch my film on the uh, Peloton So of our games or practices I'll watch it while I'm riding the bike so now I'm getting two things done at once, instead of just watching the Peloton instructor, now I can actually get something done as well. So just trying to cross those things off and incorporate the family together. Um, Just trying to combine things as much as possible while still getting the most out of it.
1: And uh, you mentioned uh, before we started that your wife uh, is also a personal trainer. And so are, are you a trainer as well? Do you train
2: clients? Uh, uh, no, uh, well, basketball. You know, we have, a, okay. we have a basketball court in our backyard too. And, um, but uh, I really don't train too many kids anymore. It's just really difficult. One, I want everybody to if, you're going to, if you're going to train with me, I can't see you just one day a week and then you don't do anything the rest of that time because it's just not going to work. So if you're willing to put in the extra work, great. I'll, I'll train you, but this is, this is going to be like a, a a little bit of work on your end. It's not just come see a trainer and then that's it. It's similar maybe to what you do is like, uh, Hey, you can, I can't watch what you eat, but you're going to have to make sure that you eat correctly the days, all the other days, especially when I don't see you right? Just to make sure that they're, you know, accountable to it. And I don't want to take anybody's money. I want everybody that either uses me as a, as a resource to help them get better. I want them to be able to actually see that through and not, you know, a lot of people will just take people's money and I don't want to do that. Um, and also just the time commitment that it takes. I'm going to go all in if I'm helping somebody. And, um, I I can't give that time to everybody because my family time is is extremely important. It's the most important. Um, But my my wife is fantastic. She's a nurse at Stanford. She's in management. She's in orthopedics and so she uh she trains you know four times a week and a lot of it's on zoom now so a group of her friends that uh, pop on zoom and she'll she'll lead them all through a workout while she's doing it too she'll even do some uh, program some workouts for me which i think is pretty cool and because you only know what you know like i only i only want to you know do my workouts but uh she stretches me and doing some things that and body movements that i i normally don't do and uh She's fantastic. And she's a terrific mother. She wakes up with our two kids almost every single morning, gives me a little bit of extra time to sleep in. So I, I, I got it really good. I, I really outkicked my coverage on that.
1: Yeah, That's nice. Now, when it comes to all these teams and and the tournaments, what's the age range of athletes? Are we from, from toddlers on up? What's the minimal and maximal ages?
2: Yeah. Since I have young kids, we just started uh, a couple of different, uh, for smaller, smaller programs for kids three to nine. And then our program top flight elite starts at 10 to, and it goes to 18 basically when they're seniors. Um, And then it it doesn't end from there. Like a lot of our coaches end up coming back after they played in college and, and they end up coaching our camps and they'll work throughout the summer where you can now kind of pay it forward. And now you get to pay these, pay these young people just like to, to get paid more than they would make working at Pac Sun or something like that. And they get to do something they love and, and uh, be around the game. So that's a win-win-win for me where the kids grow up at our program, they get the opportunity to play in college and they come back and they can make some money too. So it's really, it's really cool when you can see that through.
1: Well, I imagine you've got a pretty good success rate when it comes to advancing these kids onto college. Do you uh, what's the process there? Are you involved with um, uh, you already mentioned, you know, the coordinating with some of the college uh, recruiters, so to speak, or scouts. But uh, what else do you do if you do do things to help ensure these kids are going to higher levels of learning?
2: Yeah, I I would be. I would be remiss if I just said that I helped everybody. No, it's a lot of the coaches. So we'll we'll let the coaches, their head coach kind of lead that lead that charge. But, you know, over over our, um, you know, 13 year existence, we've uh, we've had over 200 kids go to college, get college scholarships. Um, And so that's really important to, to us to help these kids go on further. And so it's a, it's a it's a long process. People don't understand what it actually entails. Like kids think, oh, they got a letter. Well, that's not really an offer. Um, or a coach came to our game. Oh, well, that's not really an offer. Oh, well, that's really not an offer until they actually say, hey, we want to give you a scholarship to come here. Uh, and a lot of times well, it it can't really occur unless you reach out prior to your junior year. Your junior year, they can contact you pretty much, um, you know, nine months out of the year. But before then, the kids have to be reaching out. So, like, if you want to go on a college visit, pick some schools that you might want to go to and – we're in LA for a trip. Okay, well, you can hit LMU, you can hit um, UC Irvine, you can hit all of these schools down here, and they'll show you around. And so now they know who you are. And you're putting you're basically promoting yourself. Because if you just sit, sit around and wait, whether that be the kid and or the parents, they're not going to just come sit, sit, down on this baseline and watch your game because they don't know who you are so you really have to do your own marketing social media can be a great thing to that as well Um, and if you're like really good obviously they're going to find you but most of the kids that we deal with aren't like top 100 kids all top 100 kids they're going to be found they're going to play at the next level and they're going to have a multitude of options but most kids will not have that Um, you know me, for instance, same thing. I thought I was going to Duke in North Carolina when I was in high school. Everybody did. But that's really not the case. And so you can go to a school, get your schooling paid for get your education and come out ready, you know, ready to attack whatever it is that you want to do um, because you went through this process. And, and one thing that Ron also talked about is he loved former athletes, like almost everybody in his company was a former athlete that's because they've gone through something, they've conquered it, and they've been able to use all of these scars to help them in this, in this business world. Um, so yeah, that's just a, a little bit of how it all plays out with the recruiters and whatnot. But a lot of parents have questions. We've even done seminars, stuff like that, where and they're still online. We did it for free because we want to we want to give parents the information so they can really help their ch- children and there's a lot of people that will feed into this misinformation you know oh come play with us and we'll get you a college scholarship I would never guarantee that the only th- the only two things that we guarantee Rocky are one we want your kid to have fun if they have that great and two secondly they learned about basketball or football or baseball or whatever sport they're playing in our program. That's a report card. And then essentially the coach's report card is do those kids come back the next season. And if they do, they've done a great job.
1: Nice. Uh, so you mentioned uh, one thing as we began, this conversation was eating correctly.
0: Yep.
1: Right. And in, in terms of your athletes, making sure they're eating correctly, but What does that mean? What can you be more specific when it comes to eating correctly?
2: For sure. Um, Not the not the grocery store, but Whole Foods, um, you know, fruits, vegetables, seeds, nuts, grains, all those things where you actually have to have to make it um, and not just pick it up really quickly. You, You know, all these there's all the fast food restaurants obviously you know are just not good for you um so just trying to find ways to to eat well so my wife and i every sunday we'll meal prep we'll put together you know our our brown rice our we've been we've been going away from the turkey because the ground beef just tastes so much better recently um but we've been doing ground beef uh, eighty twenty um because it's just a little bit more fat, it's just more tasty. Um, you know, whether it be broccoli, we'll get our other starches with it, um, either potatoes or sweet potatoes or stuff like that. So, you know, just eating whole foods and understanding that what you put in your body is going to affect your performance, whether that be mentally um, in the classroom or physically on the court. What you put in your body really matters. And then recovery, too, sleep, super important. Um, making sure you're getting adequate amounts of protein, all those stu- all those things we talk to our athletes about now, whether they do them or not is going to be up to them. And sometimes it's out of convenience where, you, hey, I'm going to stop at Chick-fil-A because it's quick and I got to eat. And that's okay every now and again. Like, I like Chick-fil-A. Um, I'm just not going to eat it every week. I'm not going to even eat it every month. I'm going to eat it every three months maybe. Um, but nutrition is extremely important um decrease in inflammation i know you had desiree lots on who i had on my podcast too and she talks about her cal c and um just the, the different minerals and uh, making sure your body has enough magnesium and stuff like that and trying things out that work for you because what, what works for rocky may not work for me you know um right. And you have to go trial and error a lot of times. Like I love athletic greens. I take it every single day, but my wife's stomach, she can't really, it doesn't sit well with her, so she can't take it. Well, take a different multivitamin or something like that well, that'll help you or mix just mix half a scoop or, or whatnot. So yeah, I, I, a long-winded answer to get to your question. Nutrition is important, I think, but most importantly, eating whole foods, fruits and vegetables, um, meat, if you like that too, um.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You, you do have a podcast. We just mentioned that and the name of your podcast.
2: It's called beyond the buckets. So I'm a basketball coach, but I'm much more than that. And, and a lot of the people that we bring on similar to you, which I can't wait to have you on um, are similar to that. Yes. You do own a gym, but you have other things that you're interested in other talents and gifts and abilities that you that you have. And that's really what it's about. So it's, we started off bringing in a lot of basketball coaches or sports coaches, whether that be college, high school, or even the pros. And it turned into players, uh, or just doctors, lawyers, you name it now. So it's been it's been really cool. Similar to you is just I'm getting the best version of everybody, and a lot of times it's just a selfish thing because I'm getting the best of all these great performers, and they may not be, and that's perfectly fine because there's a lot of success stories out here. There's a lot of people in the Silicon Valley that are millionaires, and you wouldn't even know it, Um, and you just got to get their story on what makes them tick and so when I speak to somebody like you or anybody else that we've had on the podcast it ignites me to to try to be a little bit better and I'm going to take an like the story you told me about the stamp in the concrete when (laughs) when you were young I'm going to remember that and that that's that's a story that's like hey I I can vibe with that I, I dig that and it's going to allow me to continue to to hopefully um share and and maybe somebody hears something on this podcast that resonates and maybe it helps them, but um, that's what it's really all about. But a lot of it honestly is just selfishness and trying to acquire more information because I only know what I know and I got to know what you know.
1: Yeah. You get a lot of gifts from just having a conversation with somebody. Are, Are there some that were unexpected, like things that since you've been doing your podcast um, a a gift that you've received, like, if, for your betterment, uh, without expecting it? Anything that you can kind of put your finger on when it comes to that?
2: Well, uh, I call everybody that's on my podcast, friends, or even family at this point. Um, and so, of course, you'll get, you know, the, the gift, the gift bag or whatever or the book from the author. But The one, the the one story that really sticks with me, a young lady named Sarah Dramas, She's a long distance hiker, and she is one of the um, she's one of the only women. I think there's maybe like 250 people total that have that have have done the Continental Divide, or there's three different major hikes in the um, in North America, and she basically, well, one of them is the Continental Divide. You walk from Mexico the border of Mexico right near San Diego and you walk all the way up to Canada and she did that in about four and a half five months but the story that she said right before she finished she had she she basically thought she was going to die that night Um, she was uh she was extremely cold battling hypothermia um or, or she thought she was and she you know made a video message to her mom and said, hey, you know, I just want to let you know I love you, and, and all these things, and basically said her goodbye story, and something happened where she was able to now make it, because it was getting, it was, it was, um, it was getting to be wintertime, and she almost didn't make it, and something happened, I, for, I forget the exact details, I'd have to go back and double check, because I don't want to mess the story up, but she was able to make it, she was literally Probably a day away from death, she was able to push through and made it to the the final checkpoint and um and get you know get the get the care proper care she needs and food and all that and uh it's just an amazing story and, mm. and i'll I'll always remember that similar to your um concrete stamping story <laughs> uh wearing those boots so that is that has kind of been the gift, and you kind of t- take. You take a little piece, I can literally name every single podcast and think of one little instance where it's like, man, they they really battled and they got through it. And so if if I'm going through a difficult day and today wasn't a great day, but as soon as I got on here, I had great energy with you because you took your time to spend with me. That's that's important. That's the only that's the most important thing that we have on this on this earth is our time. And for you to say, hey. I want you on my podcast, man, that means a lot to me, you know, and, uh, and that's, that's, that's really it. So that's been the biggest gift that I've, that I have received by doing the podcast, but I'd like to ask the same question to you. Oh my.
1: Well, I just, I gained so much knowledge uh, and I guess I, I'm just kind of a, a knowledge junkie. I, I love learning. It doesn't matter what the subject matter is. I love how uh, to find out how things are made, how things have, have begun, you know, whether it's uh, companies from the ground up or how the human body works, anything like that. And so when I have guests on that can express information that I'm not privy to, I mean, what a gift that is. You just get the gift of, of, of learning, really. And every experience could be a learning opportunity, provided that we're living in the moment and And we're accepting of it and and we're not um, just often another tangent thinking about what you're going to eat for dinner, but actually being connected to the person you're having a conversation with what I mean, like you say that's that's the stories that come out, the memories they have fantastic and And I love the fact that people just they they want to share all the guests that come on, and you'll probably find this yourself you You reach out, I get more. People saying yes, I would love to be on your podcast. Then I get, uh, I think, out of say fifty guests, I might get one that I reached out for and that that couldn't do it, but not that they didn't want to. They're just some other things came up. So most people just love to share, and that's that's the nice thing is that uh, it's it's a wonderful vehicle in which to do that.
2: Absolutely, yeah, you're you're a hundred percent right, and. Uh... <clears throat> I, I used to be a person that didn't like to share. I just, used to try to hold all my good good ideas. And um, when Kobe Bryant died, who's just a little bit older than me, uh, it made me think of, okay, well, what type of legacy do you want to leave for your children, most importantly? And now they can look back if if, God forbid, I was no longer on this earth they can look back at a repository of over a hundred podcasts that I've hosted and they can listen to me or 20 podcasts that I've been on that they can listen. Oh, this was my dad. And, uh, that for me is important. Um, why, why, why would we hold on to things that could help benefit somebody else? So that was, uh, that was, that was a really big eye opener for me when he passed away because it, it made me realize that if you lived 100 years, in the grand scheme of things, in all of life, that's not a long time. So you might as well get, get this race moving as much as you can, affect as much change as you can, and uh, do it to the best of your ability. And it doesn't mean that you're going to win at everything. Uh, just hopefully you win at the majority of things and you're going to turn out okay, because I failed quite a bit in my life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like, yeah, maybe there's a little failure here and there, but your success rate right now is pretty fantastic with everything you've got going on between coaching, teaching, uh, the, the tournaments that you're organizing, and of course, your podcast. So t- that we're coming to the end, but if you were to tell us, um, Chris McSwain, by the way, if you're just tuning in, but coach, um, how can people find out more about well the podcast Beyond the Bucket that I'm sure you can find that just about anywhere podcasts are heard. But what about the the basketball and the 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 sports that you're you're setting up tournaments for in Silicon Valley for those listening in that area?
2: Yeah, you can find all the basketball and and football stuff on TopFlightElite.com, and then I have a website uh, which is Chris mcswain or chris-mcswain.com and you can find me on there you can email me i'm, I'm very open to sharing uh, any any uh, small ideas or big ones that i may have um or just you want to chat i i, I would love to to interact with any of the any of your listeners too so most of all that information is on there. And LinkedIn is something that I've I've really come to enjoy. It's such a great platform and everybody on there has been fantastic. Um, if you reach out to somebody on LinkedIn, you almost get a response that day. Uh, and I've gotten a lot of great guests off of LinkedIn too. So LinkedIn is a great platform that I like to go back and forth with different people on.
1: Yeah, couldn't agree more. Well, I'll make sure that all the the, the links, connections to you are in the description of the podcast as well. But this has been great. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day and away from the family and away from everything you do just to, to spend a little time chatting. So thank you for that.
0: And that's another episode of the Rock Fit Files. I hope you enjoyed it. I want to thank Chris McSwain for coming on. Be sure to subscribe and also check out his podcast while you're at it. Check out ours and the other one that we have is the Zealous Podcast, Z-E-L-O-S, if you like to learn about the pros behind the pros in professional sports. We'll see you next week. Have yourself a great time.